Today, we have started that journey of Lent, that 40-day trek that takes us from Ash Wednesday to Easter morning, where along the way we prepare ourselves through reflection and repentance for the joy that surprises us on Easter. And we share this journey with the church around the world, where we focus together on practicing our faith. But practice has not always been seen as important as performance. I remember years ago when Allen Iverson, one of NBA's greatest shooters in history, was asked about practice, that it had been rumored that Iverson, the 76ers' best player, was missing practice. So sports journalists cornered him at a press conference and asked him about practice. And Iverson kept saying, are we talking about practice? I mean, are we talking about practice? We're not talking about the game. We're just talking about practice as if it was not important. The conventional wisdom says, if we don't keep score at practice, it's not as important as the performance of the game. Faith, though, reverses our understanding of practice. The faith is not about performance. It's not about keeping score. It's not about when everybody is watching. Faith is about when no one is paying attention. When we compare the Gospel of Mark to Matthew, Luke, and John, we see immediately that there are stark differences. For starters, Mark is shorter. It's like Mark has been vacuum-sealed, pulling out several different details. Mark doesn't mention the birth of Jesus, like in Luke or Matthew. Mark does not reach back to the Word of God at creation, like John. Mark skips forward and starts at baptism. And because so much has been taken out, Mark is action Packed. It's more about practice. It's why it begins with baptism. Baptism was a dress rehearsal, looking forward to the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. It is as Paul says, when we're baptized into Christ Jesus, we're baptized into his death. So just as Christ was raised from the dead, so may we too walk in newness of life. 
But baptism is not about some future moment. It speaks to right now, walking in newness of life. It is about practice. It is the practice of setting aside what is old and taking up what is new. That we can set aside old habits to take up new life-giving practices. That we can put down expired assumptions for fresh perspectives. And we can disregard old resentment and destructive prejudice for hopeful change. And it happens each and every day in the ups and downs of life, even in the wilderness. Because Jesus was baptized out there at the River Jordan in the wilderness. Even though the wilderness is a place of uncertainty, it is a place of doubt and temptation, it is a place that can make practices feel rather small. I mean, are we talking about practice? Is that really important out there in the wilderness? But Jesus emerges from the wilderness talking about this expansive vision of the kingdom of God where all wrongs are made right, all sin is forgiven, all brokenness is healed. That small practices have a way of leading us to something big. That's why the psalmist kept praying, teach me your ways, O Lord. Lead me to your paths. Out there in the wilderness, though, the ways of the Lord are not always clear. The path is not always well-defined like that path you see on the game board where all you have to do is roll the dice, move the top hat six spaces, hoping to avoid jail. That out there in the wilderness, we don't always know the next step, much less the destination. We were traveling a few years ago in San Francisco, a place we had never been before. And oftentimes, when we're in a new city, we'll just rely on public transportation. We just pull up the destination on our phone and look for the nearest bus stop. And we were going to a basketball game that night, so we left in plenty of time so we could grab a quick bite to eat and navigate all the different bus routes. And we got off the first bus line and we were transferring to the next one, wandering around like confused tourists looking for the next bus stop. We kept looking for that large metal frame that they often have with three or four seats and a small overhang where you can wait when it's raining. 
And we looked at the phone, and it said we were standing at the bus stop, but it was nowhere in sight. So we started walking. We didn't want to lose time. We just kept walking, looking for the next bus stop, which we never found. Felt like we were wandering in the wilderness. There was this one moment, this one fleeting moment of hope where we looked up and we saw the bus we needed to get on, started waving our arms, and the bus driver just waved. (laughs) Unable to stop unless we were at a designated bus stop. We walked all the way there. Later, we learned that the majority of the bus stops are simply marked by this subtle marking on the side of the curb, not even on the sidewalk. That if you didn't know to lean over and look for that marking, you remained lost. Small practices are like those subtle markings which when we know to look for them and lean on them, they can navigate us through the wilderness. And the church at times has done us a disservice when they speak about faith with such ironclad certainty that when we find ourselves in the wilderness, We think it is our fault. But that's more about performance than it is about practice. That whenever we find ourselves in the wilderness, we can return to the River Jordan. That there is hope found as we gather around those waters. It's like that powerful spiritual deep river which says, deep river, my home is over Jordan. Deep river, Lord, I want to cross over into the campground. Oh, don't you want to go to that gospel feast, that promised land where all is peace? Oh, deep river, Lord. I want to cross over into the campground. That there's hope found in that current of grace standing beside those waters, which we find in the wilderness, that there is hope enough there even to lead people through the wilderness of oppression. It is a place of new beginnings. It's a place that can give us hope in the wilderness. Years ago, I stumbled upon a small practice that my grandmother would have said, that feels a little too Catholic. But like the imposition of ashes where we make a cross on our foreheads, 
I have found that old practices that are new to us can be life-giving. That when I found myself in a wilderness, when I did not know the words to pray or what to do next, I would quietly and prayerfully make the mark of the cross over my heart, which I know feels a little odd. The first time I had the cross made over me was actually in a Baptist church. I was a college student, and the interim pastor was Kent Anglin, who also served as an interim here at Auburn First Baptist years ago. And as he finished the sermon every week, he would offer a blessing and make the mark of the cross over the congregation, which was met by mixed reviews. But in the wilderness, when I did not have the words to pray, and I did not know what to do next, I found comfort in that practice. Because it takes us back to where Jesus rehearses the crucifixion, and the resurrection. It helped me hold on to that love which always holds on to us, which is what we see in the cross. It might not be a practice that is helpful to you, but the good news is there are Countless small practices, whether it is routine prayer, regular silence, gathering for worship or reading scripture, that remind us to set aside what is old and to embrace what is new. That as small as those practices are, they have a way of leading us through the wilderness of our lives. Amen.